This is Alicia Wellington. Love languages, falling in love. In a previous podcast, I identified what I believe to be Jesus's primary love languages. Words of affirmation and quality time. Accordingly, we make deposits into his love tank when we praise him and spend time in his word, prayer, and his presence. Today, I want to expand on this a bit more. Keeping the same analogy of Christ and the church, his bride, and a married couple, we are going to discuss some of the concepts in Dr. Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Quoting Dr. Ross Campbell, a psychiatrist, Dr. Chapman wrote, Inside every child is an emotional tank to be filled with love. When a child really feels love, he will develop normally. But when the love tank is empty, the child will misbehave. Much of the misbehavior of children is motivated by the cravings of an empty love tank. The emotional need for love, however, is not simply a childhood phenomenon. That need follows us into adulthood and into marriage. The in love experience temporarily meets that need, but it is inevitably a quick fix and has a limited and predictable lifespan. After we come down from the high of the in-love obsession, the emotional need for love resurfaces because it is fundamental to our nature. It is the center of our emotional desires. We need love before we fell in love and we will need it as long as we live. Many of us may identify with that in love experience on a personal level, as well as when we had our first encounter with Jesus. Yes, that first time when you experienced the love of Jesus despite your past feelings. You spent every waking, breathing, and thinking moment in his presence. You couldn't wait for the church doors to open. You sat at his feet attentively listening to his words of life, spent countless hours in prayer and reading the Bible. Jesus's love tank was full and so was yours. As a child, you were taken everything to your daddy. He was your comforter, confident, confidant, sorry, and friend. But as Dr. Chapman alluded, that in love experience was temporary. The euphoria had a limited lifespan because the cares of of life stepped in and the love you had began to wean. Dr. Chapman continues, 
The need to feel loved by one's spouse is at the heart of marital desires. A man said to me recently, what good is the house, the cars, the place at the beach, or any of the rest of it if your wife doesn't love you? He's really saying, more than anything, I want to be loved by my wife. Material things are no replacement for human emotional love. A wife says, he ignores me all day long and then wants to jump in bed with me. I hate it. She's not a wife who hates sex. She's a wife desperately pleading for emotional love. Is Jesus saying these things about us today? Is he saying that I've given them every material thing they ask for, but now they don't spend time with me anymore? Or that they've ignored me all week, month, year, and now they're making demands of me? I hate it. In Malachi 1.6, God asks, where is my honor? He added, you have despised my name. You offer polluted bread on my altar. You offer blind, lame, and sick sacrifices to me. Israel didn't think that God was worthy of their best, so they gave him the dregs. Certainly, they weren't making deposits into his love tank. And God's response to an empty love tank is recorded in verse 10. Who is there, even among you, who shuts the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. In the natural, this sort of behavior is a recipe for a disastrous marriage. I conclude with these words from Dr. Chapman and some additions of my own. I am convinced that keeping the emotional love tank full is as important to a marriage as maintaining the proper oil level in an, is to an automobile. Running our marriage with Jesus on an empty love tank may cost us even more than trying to drive a car without oil. Sailor, God bless you and do have a wonderful day.